Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. In the 30s, there are three teams that dominated the league. New York Giants, Green Bay Packers, and the Bears. And nobody could come close to us. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Who knows, maybe we come out running like wing T or something. Right on cue, Justin Fields to the end zone. With your host, the one and only, Kevin Powell. We're rolling and it's go time. Let's talk football. All right, major breaking Bears news. We get a release this morning. There were some reports, uh, tip of the cap to the Athletics. Scott Powers had this story uh, late Tuesday night and then early Wednesday morning. The Bears are coming out with a press release. The Bears and Churchill Downs signing a purchase and sale agreement for the entire Arlington Park land parcel, the village of Arlington Heights. This is something that's been brewing for a while now, and uh, it appears the Bears have taken a major step forward in actually moving to Arlington Heights, which would allow them to build their own stadium, new revenue streams. The the possibilities are endless on over 300 acres of land in Arlington Heights, the longtime site of Arlington Park. Uh, joining me, a man who ha- has a really good grasp on the entire situation, the political component, the legalities, all of that, is WGN-TV's Mike Lowe. Uh, he's a reporter for WGN, also a huge Bears fan. So I figured I'd give him a call, and we'll talk about this. We had a good conversation about uh, just our reaction to this. Also tossed around some ideas of what we think the Bears could do with that land uh, if they do get to that final step of, of breaking ground and building uh, a new stadium there. Here's my conversation with Mike Lowe. And joining me now on the podcast is Mike Lowe from WGN-TV. One of the great news reporters in town, also a huge Bears fan. And Mike, what was your initial reaction? We know it had kind of been heading in this direction. We had heard some rumors. This had sort of been building uh, for for a while now, and it's not like it's the first time the Bears have have a, have thought about the idea of moving to Arlington Heights to to build their own stadium. But what was your reaction to this? My reaction was that it was almost inevitable that it would happen or that it would get to this. And that's not to say it's a done deal. Um, I'm kind of sad to see it get to this point because I'm, I'm somebody that wants to see them stay within the city of Chicago. Uh, but as a Bears fan, I know that this would be better for the team to have control of their own facility, to be able to have all kinds of new revenue streams that uh, this kind of campus with 326 acres would allow them to have and, uh, and just really control over uh, over the entire game day experience. So I think it would be better for the Bears, but perhaps worse for the traditional Bears fan who wants to see that picture postcard shot from the Goodyear blimp of the skyline and the lakefront and, and all the memories that we have from the great Bears teams uh, that have played there I mean, in it, Soldier Field. It is a shame, right? I mean, you watch a game on TV, whether it's a national one or, you know, um, the, the shots of the skyline behind Soldier Field on the lakefront, the historical component of Soldier Field, they renovated it about 20 years ago. I just don't know where the Bears and the city could come to an agreement to make Soldier Field, which, yes, does have a ton of history. But, you know, anybody who's been there, I was there as a fan just a week or so ago, and it's like it, it can't compete. You look at the stadiums like the Rams and the Chargers have, what the Raiders have. I mean, if they were, and if I know Mayor Lightfoot came out today and, 
you know, said she wants to have a conversation with the Bears. But if you're the Bears, you you look at the two opportunities, right? Maybe some sort of renovations and accommodations at Soldier Field or essentially a blank slate in Arlington Heights with 320-plus acres where you can build all sorts of revenue streams. I'm just not sure what the city could possibly offer to the Bears to make the Bears change their mind on this. Yeah, other than giving the Bears complete control, multiple incentives, financial incentives, uh, and essentially allowing them to do whatever they want, there's not much they can do to compete with what the Arlington Heights uh, property gives them. Um, I think really the only thing you can say about Soldier Field, and I was there for the uh, the home opener as well, and it is, it's a nightmare getting in and out, but it is so cool when you're inside the stadium and you see the skyline and you're, you're on the lakefront and you're really playing to the, the nostalgia that people have about coming into the city to see their Chicago Bears. I mean, look, it's everybody knows the, you know, Dallas Cowboys don't play in Dallas. The neither of the New York teams actually play in New York. So this is nothing new. Uh, they'll still be the Chicago Bears if they play in Arlington Heights. We just won't have that feeling of, of they're the team playing in the showcase position on the lakefront. Now, what you mentioned about Los Angeles um, and the campus, uh, you know, at Arlington Park, I was reading about this. Right now, if you want to build a new stadium, you have to have 100 acres of property. That's the NFL requirement. And I think the campus in uh, Los Angeles has something like 230 acres. And you've seen, we saw on the opening day uh, that the Bears played uh, to open the new stadium in L.A. for the Rams, just how beautiful that is and what they're able to do there with hotels and other amenities for fans. Arlington Park is 100 acres bigger than that. Mm -hmm. So you think of what they could put in there uh, in terms of a hotel, a casino, restaurants. I mean, you could have bears. You could have basically a Wrigleyville for the bears. Uh, You could create, you know, know, your own little bears Disney World (laughs) in Arlington Park. Mm -hmm. And then you've got highways that are there. You've got public transportation with the metro that, that stops right there. Um, and it all adds up probably to a better fan experience, new revenue streams, uh, a stadium that can host major events like a Super Bowl, like uh, the NCAA tournament, the Final Four concerts, and the Bears get all that revenue. So by and large, it's probably the best thing for the Bears. I don't know if it's the best thing for the city that the Bears play in. And when you talk about the acreage, um, you know, I was shocked to hear this. But the entire Soldier Field campus, you know how many acres that is? We're talking about 230 acres in L.A., 326 in Arlington Park. It's just crazy to think that um, you can do really anything that the Bears want to do with that space. And I heard an interview this morning with Mayor Lightfoot where she was saying, you know, well, we don't know what the Bears want. And that's not really true because... Thanks to the investigative journalism done by WBEZ, the public radio station in town, they obtained emails from Ted Phillips uh, to uh, to Mike Kelly, the president of the Chicago Park District, in which they were asking for a betters lounge to be built. So not necessarily like a sports book, like they're going to build at Wrigley Field, but a lounge where there could be people who would help you make bets on anything from like, will the field goal go in? How much time will be left on the clock when we get the ball back? You know, any little bet that somebody wanted to make while you're at the game, the Bears wanted to kind of build out a facility there. And the Park District and the city 
really didn't respond to the point where Ted Phillips, 18 months later, fired back an email and said that you, to uh, the park district and the city, he said, you are not negotiating with us in good faith. Um, so the signs were there. And then it was June, I think June 17th, that uh, the Bears word got out that the Bears had submitted a bid to buy Arlington Park. So the signs have been there for months that the Bears were heading down this road. And this is the probably the one time in my lifetime that it seems like it's real. I think we all remember back in the early 2000s with Mayor Richard Daly, um, you know, the talk about, well, move him to Gary and you know, <laughs> we'll go somewhere else. We'll move the franchise out of the state if we don't get renovations at Soldier Field, and they were able to do that. But, uh, but this seems real, and it seems like the best opportunity they'll have to have a huge uh, amount of space to do whatever they want. And, uh, again, it's not a done deal. This is just a purchase agreement, not a purchase. It's an agreement that they could make the purchase, essentially. Um, but the ball is rolling in that direction. It is pretty incredible to think that the Chicago Bears, for as long as they've been around, have never owned their own stadium. You know, they didn't own Wrigley Field for all those years. They never owned Soldier Field. To be a legit, I mean, you you can imagine what the overall franchise value of the Chicago Bears, which is already extremely high, if they were able to own their own stadium and create all those sorts of revenue streams. And you're talking about franchise value up there near the Cowboys, I would guess. I mean, you, you look at um, what Jerry Jones has and, and the property they have. The, the fact that the Bears, who have been around for over 100 years, have never owned their own stadium is is pretty wild to think. And, and you know, the reports that the the, the – um, they do have a deal, the lease in place until 2033. I'm not sure what you know exactly about that, about, you know, is that for sure that's how long it is and, and what exactly would have to happen for them to get out of that? How much would they have to pay uh, to get out of that and move? Because, you know, the timeline, realistically, we're still very far away away uh, from actually having Bears football in Arlington tonight's if it does happen. Right. So let, let's take the timeline question first. Uh, if the sale were to go through, and we've actually – um, looked into the uh, SEC filing from Churchill Downs, and there is just one little kind of fairly standard caveat that they have at the end of the filing that says the closing of the sale of this property is something like subject to the satisfaction of closing conditions. So that's pretty standard. Um, uh, and they say the property uh, would close late in uh 2022 or early 2023. So that's fairly standard. You're probably looking at a year or two out before the property sale closes if all the conditions are met. So that's a couple of years. Then when would you actually break ground, right? You have to develop a plan, have an architect, have an entire site plan. You're probably looking at at least a couple years of construction from the time that ground is broken. I mean, you could be looking at five to 10 years before the bears are out of soldier field. Uh, depending on what kind of delays there are and, and uh, you know, political, uh, you know, strings are pulled and those kinds of things. Um, but the Bears lease, uh, ha- it has been confirmed by the mayor's office, runs through 2033. And if they break it, they really don't owe that much. I mean, to you and me, it's a lot of money. It's something like $87 million they would have to pay. Uh, I think depending on how far into the lease, which year they break it. But it's conceivable that they could play out the entire lease, you know, another 10 or 11 years and have a new stadium being built at that time. I mean, they'll need to play somewhere while the stadium is being built. So uh, so we are years away 
Um, and again, this is not even a done deal, but it sure looks like it's heading that way. Um, but certainly the, the financial penalties are nothing that the Bears couldn't pay. Um, and and it, it looks like uh, they have the lease until 2033. It really is interesting when you mention that, you know, the Bears played at Wrigley Field from 1921 to 1970. And then with the exception of a single season when they went to Memorial Stadium and Soldier Field was being renovated in 2002, they played the rest of their history at Soldier Field. And right now, you know, you talk about Dallas, you talk about uh, some of the other comparable franchises like Los Angeles and New York. These are major stadiums that hold 80 to 100,000 people. I mean, Dallas is basically like one of the biggest stadiums like you would see at a college level, you know, like the Big House or Alabama or something like that. Soldier Field is the smallest NFL stadium in the third largest market, holds only 61,500 people. Um, and the real shame of what they did, in ter- I mean, it's beautiful inside, great sight lines. It's a fun stadium to be in. There's not a bad seat in the house. But when you think about the timing of when they renovated Soldier Field, the city was getting ready to bid for the Olympics, and you couldn't even host the Olympic ceremonies in the, the crown jewel of the lakefront. Um, it just didn't make sense to have that small of a stadium uh, for the Bears on the lakefront. You kind of knew that it would run its course, its usefulness for a modern NFL franchise at some point. You know, I, I just want to add one other point to this. Um, I used to do a series on WGN-TV called Ask WGN. And a few years ago, somebody asked the question, could you put a roof or a dome on Soldier Field? And we went out and interviewed the architect, Dirk Lohan, who is the grandson of Mies van der Rohe, the, uh, the legendary architect who kind of developed modernism. Um, but we interviewed Dirk Lohan and we said, could you do this? Could you possibly reconfigure what you already did uh, to have it be a covered, you know, a retractable dome? And he, he said, the answer to everything is politics and money. So you could conceivably go back to the drawing board and redo Soldier Field. Um, the question is, is there the political will and is there the actual money that, that the public would be willing to put forth? And in the state of the city's finances right now, I think the answer would be a resounding no. Yeah. Yeah, it is, you know, you mentioned run its course as a legit NFL stadium. It ran its course fairly quickly, Mike. You know, I mean, it's we're only 20 years deep or so into that renovation, and it really does feel, uh, you know, light years behind some of these new stadiums, especially for a franchise like the Chicago Bears. I mean, third largest market, massive fan base. They can do a lot more. So we'll see how this plays out. You think Justin Fields will still be playing for the Bears when they move to Arlington Heights? <laughs> I hope he's still playing for the Bears later this season. I don't know what they're doing over there. I haven't seen what what Matt Nagy announced yet today, or if that's if that's happened. But uh, I I sure hope that we have just as a Bears fan speaking, not not necessarily as a reporter, that he's our Tom Brady, he's our Patrick Mahomes, and we have. 10, 15, maybe 20 years of great quarterback play out of Justin Fields, wherever that happens to be, whether it's Arlington Heights or still in Soldier Field. <laughs> Man, I, I hope so, Mike. It's uh, What have your thoughts been on this team so far through three weeks? I know you're a huge fan. Um, it's, it's not off to a great start. When you hear your head coach saying uh, everything's on the table three weeks into the season, that's probably not a good sign, Mike. I think it's pretty clear that Matt Nagy has to relinquish play calling. 
uh, the evidence is there, and it's clear that whenever he is the man calling plays, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback, whether it's Mitch Trubisky, whether it's uh, Nick Foles, whether it is, uh, you know, Justin Fields, as we saw last week, Andy Dalton earlier in the season, the offense just can't seem to get going in the way that he envisions it. And when Bill Lazor was calling plays for the last four or five games last season, the offense moved a lot better. Now, granted, they were playing uh, kind of soft defenses at that point, but clearly he was able to, to implement better game plans that suited Mitch Trubisky's skills. And I think you would like to see the Bears design an offense around the skills of their quarterback, Justin Fields, rather than trying to fit a square piece into a, <laughs> into a round hole with you know, forcing Matt Nagy's offense. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a smart guy. I just don't think what he's trying to do from an offensive perspective has worked, and we've seen the evidence now for three years and three games, and something has to change. I do think the defense can be good again. I don't know if they're 2018 championship-level defense, but they're still really good. They showed a lot of flashes last Sunday, keeping us in the game until – you're basically asking asking them to do what is not humanly possible, which is to play like 70 or 75% of the snaps. And you just can't sustain that, especially against good teams. So I think if we can get the offense going, we can beat the Lions. And I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be saying we. The Bears should be able to beat the Lions. But, uh, but it, really, after last week, I think a lot of people are disappointed and frustrated and furious. I mean, the Bears were a national talking point for all the wrong reasons. It's, it was an embarrassment last week, and we have such a chance of chances here with a great young player, a terrific quarterback, something we've really never had in my lifetime, mm-hmm. uh, Bears fan, and you just don't want them to screw it up. And it looks like they're, they're on the track right now where you're saying, Maybe they're going to screw this up. <laughs> it, it's a terrifying thought, isn't it, right? Like, Justin Fields appears to check all the boxes of a franchise quarterback. He seems to have the attitude. He comes from a big program, has the entire skill set. It's like, how could they possibly screw this up? Now, it is one game, but I think, you know, to your point, I saw national football media guys losing their minds over the Bears-Browns game just as much as local guys. And you know how it is, Mike, in Chicago. After every Bears game, win or lose, people are, are typically losing their minds over something. But, you know, I'm turning on ESPN or NFL Network, whatever it may be, and even the national guys were going crazy. I'm like, this is your potential franchise quarterback, and that was the offense you had in place to help him, and there were zero adjustments. It was it was so incredibly frustrating to watch yeah you know dan olofsky i think was the uh the case in point with that where he tweeted even during the game that this is either negligence or it's purposeful and if it's purposeful where matt Nagy is trying to undermine his quarterback so he can whatever he wants to do stick to the plan and have andy dalton back under center and and let justin fields develop for you that's criminal and he should be fired if that's what he did i don't think he was trying to sabotage his own team but whenever that question is posed by legitimate analysts right across the board if you have to ask if your own coach is sabotaging your chances to win i mean that's a pretty serious situation and that's why i think it has to be done where 
either it's taken away from him the play calling duties or he has to give them up voluntarily for good this time. I mean, we already did this last season and here we are again uh, having the same discussion. So, you know, it, it was just so sad to see a game plan that didn't fit any of the skills that we've been led to believe that Justin Fields has. Why wasn't he moving that pocket? Why, were, why weren't there rollouts? Why weren't we making plays with, you know, Justin Fields' legs? Why, why are we handing the ball off in the shotgun rather than getting David Montgomery with a full head of steam toward the line of scrimmage? I mean, all these things that, that can help a weaker offensive line, um, we just weren't doing. And it was clear, I mean, they, the Browns defensive front had a field day. I mean, a historic day. Nine sacks um, against the Bears, and we made no adjustments or very few adjustments that were discernible to an average fan, at least. Um, so it was just so disheartening. And I know it's one loss, it's early in the season, but that seems like an inflection point, and something's got to change. And if, we, if the Bears lose to the Lions, I think, as I'll use Nagy's phrase, everything should be on the table. Yeah. Well, hey, everything's on the table here. The Bears could be moving to the suburbs, and the Bears have never fired a coach in season. Who knows if things really go – and they got a tough stretch in the next four or five games here against some good teams. And the Lions went toe-to-toe with the Ravens. They lost on a field goal from Justin Tucker, which happened to be a 66-yarder. So Ravens are a good team. Lions were right there with them. They are winless on the year. Hey, how are your uh, Loyola Ramblers doing this year? The Loyola Academy Ramblers are in familiar territory, number one in all the polls from the Sun-Times, the AP, uh, uh, Edgy Tim, um, all the all the big names have us number one, but we've had a couple of close games this year. Uh, there was an absolute classic two weeks ago against Brother Rice. Uh, Brother Rice is always a ter- terrific team, and that one went down to the wire. Loyola won by three points, but lost its best player in Marco Maldonado, who ran for a school record of 338 yards in the game. Um, and, you know, th- that's a great running back history that includes yours truly. Yes, so. <laughs> of course. Of course. What years were you there, Mike? Not to uh, throw that, you know, the years thing at you, but when, when did you play Leola? I was there. Uh, I was. I played on the varsity in 95 and 96. So we were prep bowl champions both years. We were state playoff qualifiers and lost in the second round both years. Uh, my freshman year at Loyola, we won the state championship, uh, 1993. And then ever since Loyola's gotten this incredible coach, John Holosek, uh, former All-Big Ten linebacker for Illinois, and I think many of us know he played for the Bills and a couple of other NFL teams. He has just been an outstanding coach uh, who's elevated the program to new heights. Um, he's won two state championships, and I think he's, he's been to six state finals something like 10 state semifinals. I mean, we're essentially where Mount Carmel was under Frank Lenti, just without the number of championships. But we're, we're the team that's always there uh, right now. So it's, it's fun to be a Loyola football uh, alum and a Loyola football fan. <laughs> you represent the school well. I know they've been absolutely dominant. You know, my sophomore year, I went to Hersey's, so I've actually been texting with some Hersey oh, okay. friends because that's right down the street from Ellington Park, of course. I actually think, and I threw this out kind of just having some fun, Hersey-St. Vider used to be a massive rivalry back in the day. Even Jared, just, just your buddy Jared Payton over at Bradley Place, he uh, he was a part of some big games. Hersey and Vider are right down the street from each other. But who knows what, what the Bears do with this? And I'm being serious. Like, they have, you mentioned how much land they have, like, 
incorporate a, a local component, maybe build even a smaller stadium that park districts can use, that high school football can use, like maybe adjacent to it, something smaller. Like, I think that'd be kind of a fun idea. You have a lot of schools right around there where you can, again, be creative with it, right? Whether it's actually in the real stadium or maybe you build kind of a community football field where, you know, it can it can hold you know, peewee football, high school football, stuff like that. I actually think that could be kind of a cool idea in that location, considering you're basically in a neighborhood. You know, if you've ever been up to what was Miller Park, I believe it's called uh, AmFam Field, American Family Field now in Milwaukee, they have um, essentially like a Little League stadium in the parking lot. And they hold like the Little League championships and stuff there, and you're in the shadow of where the Brewers play. What a great idea that would be, because everybody in the state would want to come play in the area where the Bears play, if they have like a mini Bears stadium mm-hmm. uh, right to the to the big one, and then you know it would it would be a party for the IHSA. You know, you could have people come there, stay in hotels, and like we said, there are restaurants if they want to do like a you know Dick Butkus's pork chop house and Mike Dick's cigar <laughs> lounge. You come out there and yeah. and spend the weekend, and then what a great op- that's such a great idea. You know, uh, yeah. to have a facility there that would promote football and attract football players and teams to, to have a, a chance to play um, in the shadow of where the bears play. Yeah. I, I think that's an outstanding idea and they certainly will have the space to do something like that if they want to. Yeah. Again, you know, a full blank slate for this team. If, if they do end up uh, in Arlington Heights, by the way, downtown Arlington Heights, I know the bears are going to basically build if they do have their mini village on that Arlington site, downtown Arlington Heights, pretty good time too. So plenty of opportunities for bears fans. If you're worried about what you're going to do before or after a game, um, I'm sure there'll be tailgating options, all that good stuff. If it all happens, still a long way to go, but a big step for the Chicago bears. Uh, Mike Lowe, really appreciate you joining me. See him on WGN TV. Uh, Mike, I know you're a big bears fans so i'm sure you're going to be keeping a, a close look on this one absolutely uh you know this is this is now the story of the season <laughs> it's, it's hard to believe just two days ago justin fields and matt Nagy and everything dominated but now that's almost completely a secondary story because the bears are as much a part of chicago as the skyline itself i mean there's not a bigger institution that touches so many people in an emotional way uh as the Bears in Chicago. So anything the Bears do, it's it's usually the biggest story in the city, whether it's just the games or something like this that has real economic impact, uh, impact on what's going to happen with, with Soldier Field, what will happen with that facility. I mean, there's just so much uh, involved with this potential moving of the Bears. And it'll be interesting to see. I think one of the things to watch is, will there be some sort of counter-proposal from the city? What will they do? Because now, you know the Bears are serious, right? Initially in June, Mayor Lightfoot dismissed this as a negotiating tactic. Yeah, her, her, tone, her tone changed quickly, right? You know, from the first yeah. time this was thrown out there till fairly recently when she, did, when she did some rounds with the media, it was like, okay, I think the Bears have her attention now. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but if I were the mayor of Chicago, I would not want my legacy to be the mayor who lost the Bears, right? So I would bet at City Hall they are having emergency discussions about what can be done, how can we make every wish come true, we can't have this happen. And maybe it is looking at other sites. Would the Bears potentially look at something else, like the Michael Reese hospital site or 
the uh, the seventy eight site where they were talking about putting Amazon uh, Amazon second headquarters. I mean, these are all pie in the sky notions at this point because Arlington Park seems to be a perfect facility for what the Bears want to do, and they're already a long way down that road. An agreement to purchase the property if they do indeed want to purchase it. Um, but uh, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, Chicago politics is always full of surprises, and we'll see if there's another one up the mayor's sleeve and if there's some sort of counterproposal to keep them in the city. So that's what I think we'll be watching over the next days and weeks to see if there's some kind of counterproposal here. In the meantime, we've got a lot of fun to watch on the field with uh, with the Justin Fields and Matt Nagy saga. Yeah, and, and not to keep you any longer, Mike, but as, as we're recording this, uh, Matt Nagy talking with reporters, Matt Nagy was asked who will call the plays this week. And uh, this is a quote from uh, Adam Hogue posted this quote. Um, Matt Nagy says they've had, quote, amazing, healthy conversations at Hallis Hall at this week, uh, but he'll keep that internal. does sound like Dalton and Justin Fields will practice in some capacity today as well. I, I, I think there's a shot. We, we see both of those guys play Sunday, but... Man, not to. Uh, I know we already got into it, but I, I think I think it's time, and it's clear Matt Nagy should be moving on in some capacity from the play calling duties. So we'll see how things shake out yeah. against Detroit at Soldier Field. Are you going to be? Are you do you go to a lot of games, Mike, at Soldier as a fan? Are you going to be working it uh, f- for news as well? Are, are you out there a lot? You know, I uh, <laughs> my entire career up until this year, I've worked on Sundays, and this is the first year I've had Sundays off. So nice. this is the first opportunity I had. I went to the opening game, but I don't have season tickets, so um, it's it's a week by week basis for me. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we'll see. I like that. I, I'm not I'm not planning on, on going this week, but uh, you know, it's interesting too. If you look at the schedule, I think the Bears are the only team in the NFL that don't have two consecutive road games or two consecutive home games. Yeah, so it's it's home, away, home away, home away. Well, uh, <laughs> hey, Mike, great insight. Thanks a bunch. Follow Mike on Twitter at Mike Lowe Reports, and of course, see him on WGN TV. Good luck to your, your Loyola Ramblers the rest of the way, and uh, I'll check in with you later on in the Bear season. Thanks a bunch, Mike. Sounds good. Always a pleasure. See ya. All right, that's going to do it for Episode 7 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. Uh, typically, I've been doing sort of pre-game, post-game podcast, but with the big news, I figured I'd mix in another one. Big thanks to Mike Lowe again from WGN TV for joining me to talk about this uh, major Bears breaking news. Thanks to Ernie Scatton and Brian Altimer for their help producing this. We'll have a, uh, another podcast dropping on Friday to preview the Bears-Lions matchup, talk about the quarterback situation, and uh, see how all of that unfolds throughout the week. I'm Kevin Powell. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast.